world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up! It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. Now what I was saying is there's a weird realization that I Cause I have such a, I have such a weird hatred, and it's maybe so that I'm slightly becoming a boomer, but I have such a hatred <laughs> of like Funko Pops and the Funko Pop collecting scene, and Funko yeah. Pop collectors, and just a lot of Funko related things, <laughs> and uh, and it's also like that realization where it's like people are like, don't take them out of the box, blah blah blah, they're super, and it's like, it's $10 for a piece of generic plastic crap, I like even more generic than like most merchandise out there. Like they, you, a lot of them use the same mold. It's like you're not special. They're not special. They're as unique as every single one of you think you are, which is to say, not at all. But <laughs> like, also, I collect you know pieces of paper that I then put behind or in front of a thicker piece of paper and then wrap it in plastic and then put it inside a box of paper uh, for it to never see sunlight again. And then magic is such a racket. I was talking about <laughs> comics. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same thing still exactly, applies. Exactly. Like, it's all so dumb. And, like, I guess from a big picture point of view, right? It's all so pointless. But, all like, they make joy. You are... Uh-huh. I get it. You're right about the Funko Pops. My my rebuttal to that is in our chat, which is a picture of Ruby Rod from Fifth Element, the Funko Pop that lives on my desk. <laughs> My my favorite uh, collecting hypocrisy like of mine is I really get tired of having my nostalgia repackaged and resold to me oh, over yeah. and over and over and over again. And yet, if you ask me, hey, did you spend $50 to buy magic cards that are themed after Street Fighter 2's original <laughs> lineup? I will be, heck yeah, I did. My my biggest hypocrisy is buying so many video games and only playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm actually losing a lot of goodwill towards Square Enix, which makes me not want to go back and play Final Fantasy again. It sucks. Are you talking about their $14,000 statue? Uh, no, that actually is kind of par for the course. It's kind of some of the NFT stuff. It's oh, yeah. some of the, uh, crap, what is it that they're doing? They've got like... They refuse to make good ports of their classic games. Mm-hmm. They always sell their classic games for ridiculous prices. There's there's kind of a lot with Square Enix. It's one of those things where like I don't feel bad supporting 14 Pacific because for, uh, the, the producer for 14, who's also a producer for 16... Uh, he's very like consumer first he he was a big well he still is like a big mmo guy so he's essentially helped the mmo that he would love to play or would have loved to play when he was younger and didn't have to work as much um and so he's been very like i want to say almost combative with like square enix i think it was his decision to when they were doing the upgrade from ps from well from the generations because it started on playstation 3 up to 4 and 5 I think he's been the one who's made the decision to give free upgrades for those. And he was very, like, against uh, NFT initially came out. I think before Square Enix even had, like, an official stance on NFT. We now know the official stance is yes, please. Um, but his his official stance on that from the very beginning was like, no, we're not even going to think about it. We're not even going to attempt it. We're not even going to, like, investigate how to add NFT. We're going to keep 14 its own thing, its own separate thing. I don't know. That's, like, oh. the one I feel okay supporting, even though, like, at the end of the day, it still supports the company as a whole. Yeah. I don't know, him and his team have done such a job and they're so consumer focused and like really upfront about a lot of things that I just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, even though this baby is only one of like 30, maybe not rabid babies. <laughs> quite the, quite the metaphor. I, um, I lost my way real, real early on that metaphor. <laughs> well, speaking of losing our way, this is the superhuman registration podcast where we Talk about comics for some reason. If this was an anime podcast, that would have been an excellent segue to Kill a Kill. (laughs) (laughs) Despite our constant efforts to turn this into an anime podcast, John has not yet watched Full Metal Alchemist. My name is Steven, and we've got John and Aldo here with us tonight to talk about some Or My Hero Academia, 
Cowboy Bebop? Hey, John. Did you ever get around to watching Cowboy Bebop? Hey, John, you've never swum before? Yeah. I'm going to drop you in the middle of Pacific Ocean, and then I'm going to guilt you for not swimming well. Oh, <laughs> sir, we... No. We don't Okay. Either. We are dropping you off to the very... Those are very beginner-friendly. Yes. Is it? Is it? Yes! Let's go. Yes! Let's go. Now, I have watched some Cowboy Bebop. I have watched the first... What I I don't even know if it was the first episode of My Hero Academia <laughs> because if it is then the stuff just started off in media res and I was I had no time to like who is well what is what and it was just too much let's check uh, Full Metal Alchemist now are we talking about Full Metal Alchemist Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood are we talking about the 2003 TV series, the 2017 series, uh, Full, Metal, Full Metal Alchemist, the movie <laughs> Conqueror of Shambhala, Full Metal Alchemist, The Revenge of Scar, Hagane no uh, Reckon that's, that's this year. I don't How know many times have we said Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Uh, at least, at least two dozen. But at to get Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it. one I have to have seen the no, other. No, John, Full we've Metal. explained this before. I Full think Metal you're Alchem- full of crap. I Full think Metal full Alchemist crap. Brotherhood is a standalone product and it's one of the best. 68 episodes. Yes. Yeah, they're all on Netflix. It's four seasons. You're on Netflix. I wish. Not I was. at the moment. Yeah. I'm on a podcast. Let's, we're, we're here. To- <laughs> I've seen what's, what Netflix puts out. I could put out equivalent, if not slightly better content. Fine. All right. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood over My Hero Academia. Is that where I jump on to yes. this nonsense? And Do I can it. just, without any prior knowledge of anything else that's going on, I can just jump right in. You could watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood in a vacuum. Yes. With no knowledge of Japanese culture or anything, huh? Liar. It doesn't take place in Japan. It's a made-up country. It's it's Germany adjacent. It is yeah, it's it's very western inspired. You will know who the Asian characters are cuz they have names like Shing. <laughs> okay, I wanted to I wanted to come back with some of their snarky remark, but as we're as I'm sitting here on the IMDb page, the little promo video that pops up says you should be watching Full Metal Alchemists and keep showing these amazing action scenes. Yeah, that's because so right of rules. Do, yeah, do, do yeah. You, you've seen Avatar: Last Airbender, right, John? Yes, of course. Okay. Do you like the magic system from that and how it's yes. used to like enhance the storytelling? Yes, I have two eyes and a heart. Of course. Yes. So. Full Metal Alchemist inspired that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a lot to bite off. That's all. And no, because you don't have to do it. You don't have to binge it. Four seasons. Take your time. Yeah. Taste it. Save it's it. Oh, it oh now I can itself. take my time. If you start it, you can take your time, John. But I'm <sighs> saying if you had started when we said it, you'd be done by now. <laughs> <laughs> we read Silver Surfer and Shanna the She-Devil. Where do you guys want to start today? We are moving on if I have to drag us there. John, watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Where do we want to start today? I could, I could talk about Silver Surfer. Because if, if, I think we'll have more positive to say about that. Or do we want to save the good stuff for the end? Or do we want to talk about it now? Because I think we're all going to be in pretty good agreements. Sure. Yeah, we we read it. Silver Surfer from 2014, Dan Slott, and All Reds. Hold on. <laughs> Mike and Laura. Mike and Laura Allred. Sorry, I had everything. I had everything and then I didn't. Uh, you had everything and then you started Googling hot fight scenes from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. No, I was on IMDb. John, I love you. Never change. Oh, that's something to say to someone who's dumb that you pity. No, because I'd be, oh, John, bless your heart. Oh, oh. <laughs> Aldo knows what's up. I've spent just enough time in the South to know how mean that was just now. <laughs> I, have, I have friends in the South, and I've, that's the one thing I've picked up from them. Bless your heart, you dumb bag of rocks, you. <laughs> Silver Surfer, 6 through 10. This was excellent. Basically, we get the further adventures of Don and the Silver Surfer as they are getting used to each other. Don Greenwood, of course, has decided to leave Earth, go with the Surfer out adventuring, and um, issue six um, has a little trouble adjusting because humans need bathroom breaks, humans need to eat. and uh, that's a bit of an adjustment. They land on a planet and have perfect ice cream, but uh, their presence offsets the balance, and they get in a fight with a warrior, but Dawn's human characteristics and her ways of noticing things that the surfer doesn't gets them out of trouble. Issue seven, they um, get to the edge of space. There's just nothing. There's nothing but blackness, and they both, probably against their better judgments, kind of want to go see it. So they go out a little further. They go out a little further, and they find a beacon, and oh, wait, it's a trap. And while trying to trying to find 
Dawn, who is taken by this darkness. Uh, the surfer reflects on some of their adventures together, so we get some funny scenes in flashback, and uh, his board is uh, helping him remember as well. And he realizes he needs to power down to also get taken and be brought to where she is, and uh, is able to save her there once he finds her, and then gives her a ring part of himself to never be separated and always be able to track her down and so they're now going steady their relationship has moved into that phase the next three issues those two issues were told to us so we could be built up for this one norn wants to do something the silver surfer norn rad wants to do something nice for dawn he lets her drive he lets her surf and she crashes on a planet, which was not supposed to be able to be found by the surfer, New Haven. It is a refugee planet for all of the planets that Galactus has destroyed, and the surfer led Galactus too. So they are all not happy to see Norinrad. Kick him out immediately. Um, Don learns more about him. Then they realize, oh shoot, because he's been brought here, there'll be a trail that Galactus can follow to us. And that's exactly what happens. So as Galactus is approaching, everyone's panicking. The surfer decides, uh, he comes back when uh, Dawn asks him to come back through her ring. He tells her of his story. We get a quick couple of panels of his origin with the Silver Surf, uh, with the uh, Fantastic Four. And that's kind of the turning point when he stopped working for Galactus. And then he says to all the people, I will make this up to you. I will be, um, I will fight off Galactus for you. And then surfs one of their moons into Galactus to <laughs> to uh, stop him from devouring the world. Galactus is not deterred. He takes away Surfer's powers. All of the people volunteer to be the Herald. He's not interested. Galactus doesn't want any of them. But Dawn, who comes from a world that hasn't been conquered, uh, devoured by Galactus, volunteers and is briefly given the power cosmic, and then all of the people give up. They sacrifice their world because they know Galactus hungers and has to have a world. So they all get in their ships. They say that he can have their world and they'll give it up if they'll give up, if he'll give up Dawn. And uh, the surfer vows to find them a home. And um, Dawn is a little disappointed in him, a little shaken by the whole experience, but they set off to find a new world for all of these people. I absolutely loved this. It was terrific. What did you all think? Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. I forgot that the board's name was Toomey. And yep. I I forgot too. And then I was like, why is it Toomey? Oh, yeah, because he always says, Toomey. <laughs> yeah. Toomey, my board. It's so good. And she's just like, Sup, It's Toomey? so good. So, and there's so many great little moments in this that I just didn't have time. Like, I, I you know, it, it was hard to be brief because there's so many yeah. great little moments. You did an excellent job, by the way. I'm really trying because. Really you know, good summary. <laughs> John, we can see your effort. You are seen. <laughs> I feel validate. seen. I acknowledge you. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm glad we can't hold hands. I'm glad this is all virtual. We can't hold hands. <laughs> I've bought. I have. I have. In the last. In the last two years, I have bought mannequins so I can hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> they change roles depending on who I'm on a voice call with. <laughs> the real crazy part was sewing them onto the body pillow. <laughs> <laughs> to me, my spoon buddy. <laughs> Anyways, on the topic of Toomey, <laughs> actually, one of the things I had forgotten as well wasn't wasn't just that like she named it, but also that it has a personality, it has wants and needs, and a couple of those things come into play. Specifically, the fact that it doesn't like being solitary, yeah. and I love yeah. that it it talks to her, and then later on. It's not so crazy to then see the Silver Surfer talking to the board when he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for, for Don. And it narrates yeah. at part. It says, you know, the subtitle of one of the little stories is The Time It All Depended On Me. And it's like, oh, shoot, the board's the narrator? I did not pick up on that. Yeah, it. I was like, oh, who is it? Because I went back and reread it, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, this this is the board. Because that's the board is the hero of that story. Mm -hmm. You know, getting getting like, you know, advice from Dawn to save the day. And yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. I missed that too. That's excellent. Yeah, rules. I, I like normally I go through and I like take little screen grabs of everything that I that like really sticks out to me. I got nothing on this. Because I was just so distracted by the story just being good. Yeah. And I feel like everything that I would have said about it the last time we talked about it still holds true. Mike all read rules. He, he likes to draw very curvy, very, very, like, voluptuous, very attractive women. But he doesn't do it in a way that's, like, overly sexualizing them or anything like that. It's just, you know, pretty sweet. And it's just, like, good art 
uh, stylish art. Great color. Great, great color. color. Great color. Laura Allred does such good work. Because how hard is that? Like, blackness of space, the silver surfer who's one color, you know, still manages still manages to, like, all, like the, the New Haven planet where all the alien refugees are. Everyone is a different shade of the rainbow and looks great. And everyone looks like a cool, unique design, you know? Like, they're, everyone's humanoid, but some are scaly, some are hairy. Some have eyes that poke out of the side of their head. Some of them have little mouths. Some of them have big faces. It's just, it's great and, and colorful and fun. It, it's a little, like, the, uh, the uh, poses are a little stiff, but they're always, like, great anatomy, you know, technically just excellent, you know, great art there. Oh, I'm on the page where they're just like Dawn's just sleeping under the stars on the board, and it's just beautiful. You know, we get these like nebula bits, like they they the what do they call it? The pentagonal supernova. You could follow this up with literally any three syllable word. I would <laughs> A five-star system going through a synchronous supernova cascade happening once in a millennium. You know, this that, that shot that uh, Dawn noticed and that the surfer would have just zipped right by. You know, all business. You know, not uh, enjoying the journey. Um, just gorgeous stuff mixed into, you know, it, it, it could have just been Dotson. Um, okay, John, you, you, you say this a lot, and I kind of want to just make sure that I understand what you mean when you say sometimes the posing is stiff. Anatomy is hard. When you look at a person, you look at people all day. You know what's correct. Your eye can very easily see that uh, if the anatomy is off, right? Um, sometimes it's, you know, someone who's really good can do it and break the rules. Um, here, all the anatomy looks good, but it feels, I don't know, like a little stiff, a little posed. It looks like you're capturing a pose, not an object in motion. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it, that there's not a lot of motion here. There are, there's great action, and, you know, everything looks good. Um, just the way that this is, you know, everyone is... I, I, I can see an action figure posed this way, but I don't get a clear sense of how Dawn walks from one end of the room to the other. You know, okay. I... When I find a good example of like movement in a comic, then I'll point that out. So it's it's better. I could say like, here's what it, here's the opposite of this. Now this doesn't make it bad. This is just one thing. Like I wish there was a little bit more. Like you could get a sense more of like the gestures in here. But yeah, you know, it is still excellent art. Yeah, it's interesting because like that that stiffness that you describe. Like, kind of feels like, it almost feels like a stylistic choice. Weird. Probably is. Probably this is. This is all Red's comics always seem to look like, at least in my perception. Having read a fair number of them, not as much as, as like, he's produced, because he's been pretty prolific over his career, but, like, he did some of that ecstatic stuff. I've read a lot of that. He did a series called Madman, which I've read some of. And then, of course, this. Yeah, I think his style is interesting. And I... Oh, and uh, Batman 66. He did some work on the Batman 66 comic for a while, which is, like, the most natural fit uh -huh. I think I have ever seen between comics artist and you know work for hire job well done old such job. an obvious choice yeah it, it's very good that's just like a one thing that you know and, and it probably is a stylistic choice it still works for them and and it's yeah, not absolutely yeah God, I just love these books. I want to, like, go back and, like, read all Silver Surfer now, but I feel like I'd be disappointed because, you know, I also like Dan Slott a lot, and I knew that from Spider-Man, but this is a whole different... You know, I'm really glad that we don't get the same type of character. Like, we're not getting a snarky, you know, Silver Surfer who's always thinking to himself. Like, he's very formal. He's very serious, you know. Um, he he takes his power, you know, very seriously, and he's just... Yeah, Um we're not getting his little wisecracks in his head, you know, like as if he were just another. So that is very yeah. refreshing. This is a completely different animal. And it's helpful to have Don there as mm -hmm. well to be kind of a, a foil against that, help mm -hmm. him loosen up. Mm -hmm. um, it makes a really great dynamic. Um, I loved her ladybug thing. Yeah, that was good. We, good little character moment. We dress my twin boys in different colors sometimes. Like, we used to a lot when they were babies just because we had to know who was who. All babies go through phases where they just look like potatoes. Where baby... Or, or Wallace Shawn. You know, they all have a Wallace Shawn face. <laughs> that is very funny. I have exactly two complaints about this book. And these are about the most trivial complaints. One of them is that this book feels very indulgent. Like... It's, 
it's weirdly like a Doctor Who fan fiction. And I think this is a point that I made the last time as well. Silver Surfer is this, you know, all-knowing, very powerful cosmic being who condescends to take this little, this little backwards Earth girl with him on amazing adventures. And she teaches him about life. And they slowly fall in love. Like, this is, is somebody who watched the David Tennant, Billy Piper seasons of Doctor Who and got very frustrated that they didn't hook up by the end of her time there and that she wound up going off with, like, a clone at the end of the series. Sorry, I've watched some Doctor Spoiler, Who. Spoiler, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about 15 years ago. You can, you can suck it up. So it feels a little bit, like, indulgent in that sort of, like, this is a story for weird wish fulfillment purposes for people who didn't get the ending that they wanted to Doctor Who. Uh, the other bit about this that I think is slightly disappointing is that it is not as good as Parable. I don't know. I think it's different enough that I I am not. I mean, they're both they're both Silver Surfer Silver Surfer stories. That specifically, I'm not... they're both Silver Surfer stories where Surfer tries to atone for being the Herald of Galactus by fighting Galactus to save a people who are in danger of being destroyed by him and losing. True, but two things. We read that very, very long ago. <laughs> and two, he surfs the moon in this. You read those those panels, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not saying this is a bad book. <laughs> I feel like you're comparing, like, silver apples to silver oranges. Yeah. One of those <laughs> is a very deeply philosophical, almost religious text on the meaning of mankind. And in here, they see a lighthouse in far reaches of space, and it has weird shadow tentacle monsters. It's like an anglerfish in the deepness of space. Space angler. Spangler. Spangler. We're back to <laughs> Ghostbusters. Good job, everybody. We did it. Once again, not a bad book by any stretch at all. I just happen to prefer Parable a little bit, but this is really solid. I really like that you essentially just read like a like a fanzine in a coffee in a coffee store in a coffee shop, and you were like, "Huh, not the Declaration of Independence, but you know, still pretty good." <laughs> you know, I would rather read the fanzine than the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're going to like them both, but you're still going to be like, you know what, Declaration of Independence is still better. No, That's, I don't my, think My would. complaint with this fanzine is that it's not a classical text. <laughs> who's who's the fanzine about? Because I'm sorry, like, <laughs> there are definitely some fanzines that I would rather read over some classical texts. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We can get him, Aldo. We can get him. Hey, would you rather <laughs> no. would you rather read uh, the Declaration of Independence or uh, the book for Hamilton? Book for Hamilton? Wait, no, hold on. They're, they're both boring. Um, <laughs> no, I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean the Ron Chernow book. I mean like the book for the musical. Oh, the book for the musical. Okay. Well, Dan Slott <laughs> wins. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this whole metaphor got out of hand. A little bit. Norrin Rad um, doesn't have enough uh, syllables to do a parody of that song. Yeah, he's pretty rad though. I'm not throwing away my board. I am not throwing away my John. John Silver Surfer Norrin Rad. I am the Silver Surfer Norin Rad. Exactly enough syllables. There's a million worlds that I have gone. I guess we're just ignoring my rad pun. Yes. Yes, we are. With prejudice. Boy, did you sprain <laughs> something? Ah, <laughs> oh, my back carrying this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steven. Steven, look down. Look in the sand. <laughs> Oh no! One set of footprints! It's just Aldo! Oh, no. I thought you were gonna be with me! No! <laughs> we're on his back! Says the man <sighs> who has only spoken two <sighs> paragraphs worth in the podcast. In your case, Aldo, <laughs> less is definitely more. That's why I'm short. Mm. <laughs> Aldo. This is why I'm short. This is why I'm short. Because it was totally a conscious decision, like all women who are dating like to think. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just chose to never be able to reach the top shelf. (laughs) I made that decision. (sighs) Anyways, what's up? Do you have anything that you want to say about this book that we haven't already covered? (laughs) (laughs) I really like the I am Spartacus moment, but I think we covered that. It is a great moment. It It is is good. I did think it was interesting that this book did end in a very... It, it this 
book really does feel like it's the middle of a trilogy. I don't know how much is left after this in this specific run. I guess I could have paid attention to issues there are. But, oh, not that many. There's 15 issues. There's 15 issues total. Yeah. So we were actually talking about this before we started recording. Because uh, I've read the first 15 issues. The 15th issue ends in Secret Wars. Oh, okay. And so it's one of those things where they ended the series because they rebooted the entire line after Secret right. Wars. But the story continues. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I accidentally read that, the 2016 Silver <laughs> Surfer, and it's great. <laughs> but I was like, boy, they took some leaps in the story here. Why are they? Oh. oh. Yeah, because this does end, at least for now, it does end on a pretty downer note, right? Because Galactus right. has eaten this planet. Silver Surfer is once again heralding, not for Galactus, but for the people, right? It's trying to repay. And poor Dawn is absolutely shaken she just went through this literally body altering mind altering and didn't even come out per se of it mad like you know cosmic stronger she just kind of came out of it alive and okay but her whole world like physically coming out of this kind of in a bit of a oh man i sure hope they find a nice planet to go to next not to not to mention of course that dawn like was developing real actual romantic feelings for this you know multi billion times over murderer or accessory to murderer yeah he so, like i'm yeah. trying to I'm, I'm thinking about that too because it's like oh he's supposed to be a hero but he, this is this is like an unforgivable thing like but how much of it was his choice you know i mean he did scout out worlds and everything but you know i don't know we'll, we'll have to because this is really good kind of like kanye said you know 400 years of servitude at that point it's a choice Ooh. <laughs> Listen. Ooh. Ooh. Silver Surfer has godlike powers, but has not declared himself any sort of deity. <laughs> Where's your Kanye reference. now? <laughs> no. Gosh. <laughs> it's just ye now, I guess. I, I miss. I misnamed him. I dead named him. I don't think it's the same oh, thing gosh. as dead. No, he oh, no gosh. he legally did change his name to ye. Is it ye or yay? Eh. <laughs> Well, Kanye, the Y-E in Kanye makes a okay, yay, it's, but if it's you, just Okay, you ye. would think it's yay, but he also names albums Yeezus, so it really could be either or. I just wouldn't stand next to him because he's going to get hit by lightning one of these days. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he would drop some fat beats. He gets struck by lightning, but then he just looks up to the heavens, his eyes crackling with energy, and he <laughs> starts screaming, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> Favorite Kanye track, probably. Sorry. I, we've gone on such a tangent. Do we have anything else to say about Silver Surfer itself? I think what the thing I love the most about the art is how willing it is to be kind of weird and out there, which is a very, like, all red thing. And we were talking about, or you guys were specifically, because I was pretty quiet for a while. But you guys were talking about <laughs> the the planet with all different, you know, aliens who have lost their homes and are living together. And I think there's a very specific talent, and there's not a lot of people, I think, can do this. And kind of circling back around a little bit, talking about anime. Horikoshi, the guy who draws and writes in <sighs> Academia, and Mike Allred, at least in these issues, have a very specific skill set of being able to draw things that look like they come from different sources, but st still are cohesive. None of these aliens look the same, and they look like they could come from their own different books, from different writers, or not writers, but different artists. But under Allred's art, they all look cohesive, even though they are fairly tough. I think that's, that's something that's really neat. That's a good point. It is an interesting aspect of Horikoshi's art that I hadn't... Yeah, cool. A lot of, a good lot comment. of characters. Less is more, although. Wait. I just... <laughs> I, just <laughs> I just wanted to say that um, I might be anti-Kanye, but I'm definitely anti-slavery. <laughs> I didn't think it needed to be said, but thank you for saying I that. just want it to be... Crystal clear. No, nowadays it kind of does need to be said, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you did get that reference then, right? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, 400. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of questionable historical decisions, do we think it's time to move on to the story that actually features Nazi super scientists? And dinosaurs. <laughs> and dinosaurs, yeah. Nazi raptors. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm doing this. You're same. a Nazi raptor? No. He pulls down a mask. <laughs> no, but if I was, I think I would prefer to be called a napter. Yeah, he's a clever girl. <laughs> uh, anyways, Sorry, that's all I can do for Nazi Raptor. That was pretty good. 
Once again, less is more. Anyways, uh, so we read Shaun of the She-Devil. Technically Volume 2, because Volume 1 is like an older iteration of Shaun of the She-Devil. This is Volume 2, also called The Killing Season. And this is written, penciled, and inked by Frank Cho. uh, Colors by Dave Stewart. Amazing job, honestly. Letters are Richard Starkins and Rob Steen. And um, that's pretty much it. So this is a seven-issue series that we read. It's a bit of a reboot or a reimagining of the classic Shauna character who kind of comes from those old, like, savage... Uh, was it Savage Island or whatever Savage Land area right? of the Marvel world where Savage is from? Was it like Kazar? Was that his name? The Jungle Boy? Yeah, Savage Land. Yeah, yeah. The Savage Lands. Thank the you. Savage yeah, the Savage Lands. Like Kazar and Shana, that's like where they were from. This is a reimagining. It doesn't really take place there. In fact, it doesn't even really seem to take place in like the canonical 616 Marvel world because there is a reference to the Shana comics in here, which I thought was really funny. But the main story here is that we have a group of soldiers on this island that's running rampant with dinosaurs. And they stumble upon a Nazi laboratory, which, which they find that Shauna, who is in an incubation tank. And alongside with her, there's also a scientist who helps them kind of get out of the facility and explains that, that Shauna is a genetic experiment. The Nazi is trying to create the soldier. While they're in the facility, one of the soldiers picks up a little container that turns out to have a virus and is later discovered at the camp in which most of the camp is now infected. So Doc, our main character of the book, essentially, sets out with Shauna to go back to the to the Nazi lab to go find Cure. Uh, they go, they lose a few men on the way there and back. And by the time they get back, they're able to kind of evade, fight a T-Rex, a whole swarm of raptors, and are able to bring back the vaccine and help everybody who is still alive and not in the burning dead pile of corpses. People who are alive go on to live. That's it. I was going to say happily ever after, but no, no, they are not happy or very after. Um, so that's the story. The story is actually pretty succinct for like a seven issue it's carried, I think, by a lot of action and a lot of art. Uh, the book is kind of pretty slowly paced, all things considered. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to start talking for everybody. Listen, I love Frank Cho. I love Frank Cho's art. I love a type of like visual humor that he has, and there's quite a bit of comedy in some of these chapters. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to let you guys talk a little bit about what you guys thought of the. So I a couple weeks back made fun of Aldo for suggesting Black Cat Mary Jane uh, and talked about how he was just thirsty because we picked a girly book. But it wound up being like this really good story with art that obviously showed attractive characters but didn't really like objectify them in any way. And I wanted to just acknowledge publicly that in that instance I was wrong about Aldo. (laughs) But... This is a this is a pretty thirsty book, and uh, not necessarily gonna say that that's a bad thing, but I do think Cho is really interested in demonstrating to the reader that he knows how to draw a woman who is very very active and also not wearing. Yeah, a bra. I think two things he wants to do in this book. One, he wants to draw a very beautiful woman, over and over and over and over again. And two, he wants to draw dinosaurs. Yeah. Mission and so he does both of those things very well. Yes. Yeah. This is good art. Because, yeah, yeah. So that is like one of the things, right? She's, they, they, I mean, they even make a joke about how they, it took them like a week or something to like get her to wear clothes. And then like we have a few jokes about the men trying to get her out of the clothes. And then like, what do we cut to after that? Her naked bathing in a river. Like, yeah. But that's also. The men make her do jumping jacks. That's a plot point. Yeah. Yeah, as like quote unquote punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very like leery. Granted, she's also she also learns to take like agency, not mm-hmm. of her sexiness, but at least of like of her body, which I don't know, is kind of not done the best, but it's also not the worst example I've yeah. seen of that. And I think the other thing about it too is that like oh I spaced it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> is she supposed to be a superhero? Because the only power I can see is her boobs defy gravity. Well, you know, she's got, like, it, it, canonically, in this story, she has super strength and tough skin. She's not, like, you know, bulletproof. 
but she's able All to but. take a lot of punishment yeah. from the, she, the the biting dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah. Now, like I say that it's that's really the only problem is that you know she's running around and next to nothing, and all of the poses are very suggestive. You know, mm-hmm. there are, there are very few moments you know where like twice Doc just gets a face full. He's just he is just a motorboat in the marina. You know, there's no other way to say it. But then at the same time, you know, there are dinosaurs. They blow a T Rex's head off, and it's amazing. You know, so the art is good. It's mostly just like, oh, Frank. Why did you use your powers for evil? Because it's just like it's ridiculous. The poses are ridiculous. This is a very like indulgent book, right? Like yeah, this is chill. yeah. If they, I feel like this was a blank check type of thing. They were like, chill. What do you want to do? And he's like, I'll tell you what I want to do. You know what I want to do. <laughs> and they're like, All right. And he's like, also, also a sexy woman. They're like, wait, what was the first thing? Dinosaurs. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. How could we even? Yeah. And it is like it is like a wildebeest. It like it, it, it the, like the big huge pack of raptors. It's it looks like the the wildebeest stampede in uh, Lion King. Only yeah. it's raptors. It's nuts. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention was that also I think this is a very pulpy book. This very much is a throwback to like the old kind of very pulp like adventures in the faraway jungles blah blah yeah blah, like old thing, adventure right? serials yeah mm-hmm. yeah which you know fits like that's kind of what shana and like kazar came from back in the day um, yeah but it, it is kind of nice to see that the book sticks to that it doesn't really try to revolutionize or like really do anything world shaking with the characters like no oh, this is a pulp story at its at its core and it's just updated with a very strong cheesecake aesthetics raptor fighting there's also yeah. a lot of parts. I kind of mentioned that the book kind of has a bit of a slow pace. Reading it, it doesn't feel like it until you realize that you're like just read seven books in like less than an hour. And it's like, oh, that was actually a pretty quick read. But when you think about what each book does, yeah, it's very like very slow. And I think one of the things I appreciate, because again, Frank Cho, I think is or can be a very excellent visual storyteller when he wants to be. And mm-hmm. when he wants to be in this book are when we have the dinosaur-only segment. Like, the first time that that T-Rex... That there's a there's a T-Rex that they fight and then is killed. And then another T-Rex, T-Rex B, shows up and starts, you know, trying to eat that... The remains of that T-Rex. And is then swarmed by the raptors that... They're not really an antagonist. They're just an obstacle. That was such a level-up moment. Yeah. And, like, that section... Which really has no dialogue, no narrator, just a couple of, you know, dinosaur sound. But, like, other than that, it's just strictly, like, visual storytelling. It's clear, and it's very well done, I think. Very bloody book. Oh, yeah. Not, like, Marvel Zombies bad, but yeah. No. Like, and, and like, (laughs) of course it is. It's, you know, tough dudes and uh, a warrior woman slicing up dinosaurs and dinosaurs eating people. Like, but, boy, none of these deaths are nice, (laughs) you know? So, I, It is also... Or at least was, I guess it's not anymore, but like it used to be a Marvel Knight, which were it's, like the yeah, more... Yeah, still labeled it, yeah. There was one page, there was only one page that I came across that I thought like the storytelling was not great. Which I think is a pretty good track record, I want to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there was there was one page where uh, we've got Shanna in her pose. Let's see, this was either issue six or seven, I want to say. What's the thing you're looking for? <laughs> The issue specifically, sorry. But what's the thing in Okay, the issue? it's issue five. Okay, oh. So in issue five, when they are on their way back from the Nazi lab with the antidote, there is a panel, page 14, where Shanna is kind of on the lookout, scouting a trail. The guy, whose name I do not remember because it wasn't the cover of the book, even Doc. though he's the narrator of the whole thing. Doc. Doc. How is that... How hard to remember. He has a mustache, like, Stephen. I said it in my summary. Come on. Yeah, I wasn't listening to the summary. <laughs> I was playing Stardew Valley. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, Doc is like talking to Shanna and like trying to get her attention and stuff. And they're indicating the passage of time by having word balloons with little like ellipses, little dots between the balloons. And to me, like that is not the most effective way of communicating a long time is passing. One still image in comics interestingly reads very quickly and it doesn't slow the reader down mm-hmm. so this is something that really should have been split into multiple panels however i think that 
show really wanted to draw Shanna in this pose. And it's not a particularly, like, distracting pose or anything. And it is a well-drawn image. And, it, like, I don't want to disparage it. Just, like, there are certain points in the story where I think stronger storytelling choices could have been made. But that doesn't stop the fact that this is ultimately a very indulgent, uh, fun, violent, well-crafted, well-composed romp. It, it was a good time that I think is ultimately, like... Not the best thing I've ever read, but I'm not, like, upset with having read it. I'm, my Puritan sensibilities are not offended by the story. Because even though there's, like, all of these, like, really, like, kind of gratuitous moments, Shanna herself is still a character, is still treated with respect and agency, like Aldo said earlier. So I don't think this is a bad story or, like, an offensive thing, really, by any stretch of the imagination. I just know that it would have created some some real conflict in my deeply religious teenage self if i had read it then yeah i think also kind of credit to its or maybe discredit i guess to its pulp origins right is the fact that this is a pretty disposable book and i think kind of like a lot of those stories were where it was kind of like this is it this is the one and done type thing. we're here for a good time and like that's it we're not really here to do anything quite so deep it's not a silver surfer book yeah <laughs> it's not parable i'll tell you what <laughs> <laughs> not as good as parable <laughs> That's a that's an easy <laughs> call to make, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do I do think one of the things I really liked about this book was a lot of the dinosaur segments. I specifically talked about that one segment with the with the T Rex and the swarm of raptors, which actually wasn't that same issue that you mentioned, it was in issue five. And I think for me at least part of the reason why I like it now is because of uh Gendy Tartakovsky primal T V series. Yeah. Which is like a which which is not really a boy and his dog, because it's a caveman and his T-Rex. But <laughs> that series, <laughs> that TV series, really prides itself specifically on not having any dialogue. And it does it so well for a whole season, right? Like, there's just really not dialogue, because it's English. So, nowadays, when I read comics that kind of try to do that flex, they try to do as much non-verbal communication, I'm a little impressed, especially when it's like... Or maybe it's not cheating, but maybe it's a little easier to do it with non-human characters or maybe it's the opposite or I, I don't know but i just wasn't i was impressed by like that that little side plot that kept building up <laughs> yeah weirdly of all the books for this to remind me of i thought most of we three which is a grant morrison frank quietly book about animals like dog cat rabbit who are put in mechanized war suits and turned into weapons for the military. It's basically like a rated R version of The Incredible Journey. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know, this <laughs> lighthearted, warm story about, you know, these animals on this incredible journey to find their home. However, they also happen to be war machines and people die in horrifyingly gruesome ways. <laughs> and the one of the things that's fascinating about it is the way that quietly draws the carnage. Like, when people are getting shot or stabbed, the, like, the violence is very brutal. And it's also very still, so you can kind of appreciate just how much damage is being done to this biological structure. And it's horrifying. And the thing is, Cho does that on a very similar technical level. Uh, like, I, I, every time Aldo has said things like, the raptor part or whatever. He's like, oh, I remember that part where the raptor got ripped to pieces. I like, I'm, I'm picturing actual dinosaur parts because it happens so much. Also to people, like eyeballs go flying, jaws explode, and it looks like I'm not an expert on what it looks like when a person like blows up from the inside, but I buy it when I see Cho draw it because it makes sense. Yeah, I think the other thing I like is that even though it is bloody, it is gory, right? There's a lot of dismemberment going on, I think, in every issue, essentially. doesn't tend to linger on the violence. Yeah, it's there, it happens, you move on. Mm -hmm. the, other, the other thing I was going to say, and I think this goes back to his background, or maybe not background, maybe his beginnings as kind of a new strip comic creator, is he, he likes to do that joke... Or not joke, maybe it's like that technique where you have the same panel anywhere from like two to four times and it's only slight changes or variations. Which after you were saying that thing about the passage of time, it is a little weird that like he was kind of in a rush to kind of get past that page. Because in a lot of pages, he 
he has demonstrated that he does have some sort of mastery or skill at that technique. And I'm going to post like a picture in our chat. Specifically comes from issue four. It's the first page in which we see like a, like not a raptor, it's a smaller dinosaur. But it's like this whole thing about it being interested in a dragonfly. And then we have four panels with the exact same background kind of repeated back down. And it's it like running off to the left and then totally off and we have one you know blank panel and then we see it again kind of running back and it's like he absolutely could have done something like that and like that just yeah conscious choice not to mm-hmm. yeah or started like just held on her face as doc is saying all these things mm-hmm. or to zoom in more and more where we really get that she's not listening she's not interested she's focused on tracking she's focused on her own thing while he's you know these suggestions and there is a page in which that happens, but it's like the opposite, which is when they're leaving the camp and one of the guys is, you know, stay safe, you know, we'll we'll still be alive when you make it back. And every time that he says something and he starts coughing and he's turning around to go back to camp, it's closing in on her face as she's watching. Oh, yeah, like, I heard under- that. Understanding, yeah, she's very understanding that they're not probably not going to make it by the time they come back. She She's kind of already on the idea that, like, this is kind of a futile mission at that point. And I think that's very well done in that kind of observation. Yeah, I would agree. That's, again, why I say when he wants to be a really good storyteller, he absolutely can be. I think sometimes he gets a little self-indulgent, kind of, you know, maybe misses the mark. And not, like, in a terribly horrendous way, but you can absolutely tell, like, at this point, what he wanted to draw, what he wanted to do. Yeah. And sometimes it sacrifices a page for that. Yeah. I don't remember if this made it into the, the audio for the last episode, but um, Liberty Meadow's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. If you can track down those those old collections of his, of, of Cho's old newspaper comic, do. It's pretty solid stuff. I think, I don't think this book is an excellent example of his ability to write. I think he's, I think if you're going just by this book, it's like, oh yeah, he's, he's a good writer. He's competent. He definitely can do it. Right. Uh, No real complaints about the writing here, but Liberty Meadows does show that he has kind of a better or a bigger depth being able to do kind of character work. Also a sense of humor, like a really good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think this is bad. I just. No, it's just. It's a specific, it's a book for a specific audience. Re- from a specific point of time. And that audience is Frank Cho. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anything else we want to say about Shanna the She-Devil? I don't know if you guys had the same printing error on uh, in your copies, <laughs> your digital <laughs> streaming copies. But like, I think it's in the last book when she's trying to crack open a, a tree, there is... It's her, and she's stretched out, and like supposed to be saying like crack. But, oh like, my gosh! Yes. Yeah. So it's off, and and I don't know why because in the original printing, because I I had to look for a picture because I was like, there's something wrong with this, but I can't quite figure out how to fix it. Like I know what's wrong, like something's not aligned here, and it's I had to find it, but I found a picture of like what yeah. it's actually supposed to look like. It's supposed to go along the edge of her body, but at some point, I think they might have used like digital masters to upload this instead of a scan because yeah that something happened in that in that process weird which i think we've only seen like an error like that maybe once or twice before it's weird that like everything else seems to be in position but the lettering is just just that that sound effect you know that's put in there it looks like it would have fit like the contours of her of her side and like the um bottom part of the c and the k yeah it should have been along her leg there that's really weird that it would do it like that and move things yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Anyways, I just, uh, that was bugging me for when I was, I stopped. Like, that actually did take me out of the book. One of those things that's like, this is so obviously wrong in such a weird way. <laughs> Not to jump back to Silver Surfer, but there is a part where um, they have to rescue someone and there's a maze. And, like, they put a maze in the panel. And I spent longer than I will care to admit <laughs> solving that maze. Like, it took me, it took, because I read it late at night when i read it the first time and it took me in my in my half awake state a long time to solve the maze but i solved it oh nice so it's i mean because that'd be mean to put in a maze without a way to solve it (laughs) you guys you guys weren't stuck there like i i gave up immediately i was oh oh, because i like i could not turn the page until i had solved it i think i turned the page and was like "Eh, no and i had to go back no i think i think i made the conscious decision to trust that Mike Allred made a, 
a, a maze that you could actually finish. I think I was like, I trust him to do this. I'm not going to go figure it out. I just, I had to know. I'm happy I was correct. And did you, <laughs> did you have a fun time? That's all that Would matters. have been a heck of a place for like a, a inside joke of some kind. Like the, the correct path spells out, I don't know, Ladybug. Gosh, I wish I was going to say that. Yeah, that would have been really great. He might have said something funny like OCD or something, but we'll never <laughs> it know. It wasn't. Should we move on to the ranking? <laughs> yeah, but Yeah, that, that sounds good. Okay. All right. So currently on our list, we have too many comics. We've been reading too many comics. We have 203 stories. Wow. Uh, Not even yeah. a drop in the bucket out of all the comics. Out of all the Marvel comics that are out there. Out of all the Marvel comics that are on the app out there. That's crazy yeah, to got, me that we've read a lot of comics and it's still not like, boy. We've, I would assume we've read like 0.01%. If that. Yeah, I think that still undersells it, especially with as many books as come out every week nowadays. Yeah, X-Men alone. X-Men alone. X-Men alone, I'm like, I am never, ever going to understand <laughs> what the heck is going on in X-Men ever again. Jonathan Hickman sounded really good. It was really interesting. House of X, Powers of X made it real high on our list. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. I'm done. That's all we're you just, get. Nah, we're probably going to read a Hellfire Gala story at some point. Have to. Emphasize all the looks. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Silver Surfer has done, I think, really well on our list. Parable is currently number five. Uh, the Coming of Galactus is currently number 18. Why can't I find the other one part of this story? Is it like New Dawn or something like something that? Something like that. New, oh, it is New Dawn. It's uh, number 16. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's way up there. Good. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find it. I thought it was As it that. should be. Good. Yeah. Because okay. we literally have, so, was it Coming of Galactus at 18, like uh, Steven mentioned, New Dawn at 16, two slots up, and then, haha, get it, two slots up. <laughs> slots. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> all those issues, they're all red. <laughs> <laughs> Aldo, do you get to bed on time? Think of these things, or do you got to stay up late? <laughs> oh, they come to me, baby. Uh huh. Then ma- the universe manifests them, and I just grasp them out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's what from 16 up to like, yeah, 11 slots, uh, parable. And we have one other Silver Surfer story that I know that we read. Oh, it was Escape to Terror, uh, the John Byrne Silver Surfer story at number 43. So yeah, Silver Surfer does really well on our list. I don't even remember what that one was. It was Silver Surfer Fights Mephisto. Silver Surfer, Mephisto, Mephisto Captures Shalabal. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that yeah. was, Do was we get? Good. That's where we get, like, more of his backstory, right? Right, it is, a, yeah. it is a Surfer origin. I don't know if it's the definitive Surfer origin, but it's the only one that we've really... Uh, read, I guess, up until this time. So, when it comes to, to ranking, do we do the thing where we just lump this in with the rest of the Dan slot, and does this alter the ranking I, at all? I or was going to say, I story? think we just plug this into the existing ranking because it it's still great, and I don't want to put this part of the story higher than the original story, and I don't want to put it lower that yeah, was, yeah. was going to be my vote. Is just it'd be like New Dawn, and then also you know like this this continuation. Yeah, I think where the quality of this book is that it's or I guess a specific chapter, right? It's also divided up. We get like three smaller stories, right? I think I don't think it does anything to really improve the first book as a whole quite yet. Also, does not yeah make it worse in any way, shape, or form. Uh-uh. I agree. I think that. Especially, well, New Dawn was also two different stories because there was the stuff <laughs> on the massive, ridiculously drawn planet. I don't remember what it was called, but I just remember looking at it and getting a cramp in my drawing hand. The planet, oh no, no, it was like a little pocket dimension, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something People like being that. connected or collected. Yeah. And then there was also the story where they fight Nightmare or they face off against Nightmare and the Hulk and Doctor Strange show up. And we find out that the Hulk can pee very far distances. It's my favorite bit in the whole series. <laughs> uh, wow. Anyway, yeah. So, like, this is a kind of like a compilation of stories that are building up to something. Another thing that makes it very reminiscent of Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. It's good. It's fun. I, I'm okay with lumping them all together. Shannon the She-Devil. The Killing Fields or whatever the story was Killing called. Season. Killing Season. I said it in the summary. Again, Stardew Valley. 
this how yes, you I'm just I'm just looking for the naughty bits section of the list. <laughs> John, you should not be looking for naughty bits. What if your children walk in on you? Oh, the door is shut and they're asleep. I, I plan these <laughs> things out. I don't know how I feel about this whole conversation. But anyways. Not good. Not good. Yeah. I mean, the book isn't bad. No. I think it goes... It goes... I... Unfortunately, as much as I like this book, I don't think it goes above New Hope manga as a starting point. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. looking down in that range. Um, where there, like, there are a lot of fun books down here, but they are books that I don't think are essential. Like the the Shang Chi Infinity Comic, uh, the Project Gelsenium, Gelsenium, however you pronounce that flower. I liked that book. I thought it was fun. I would not give it to anybody as their first comic. Yeah. At all. Yeah, okay. it's like, if you find it and come stumble across it and you read it, you're going to have a good time. But I'm not going to point you in that direction. I think there are other things that I'd refer you to. And I'd put this in kind of the same camp. It's like, the art is well done. Just the, specifically, Shauna's, like, poses are so distracting. It's like, okay, this is really indulgent. And it's like, it's a shame. It's, yeah, they attacked by dinosaurs and they got to save their buddies from this virus and you know good action and everything but man it's just a distraction i think what's interesting is we also never really find out why they're there yeah we don't know who they are well they're army right i guess yeah, maybe marines who knows it's <laughs> and it's maybe modern times they have to hack a computer at one point and but like maybe the technology is just really advanced but since they know about it it's roughly you know <sighs> Yeah. Modern, maybe, but who knows? So, yeah, because that's not really what it's about. So I... I would put it around book the, with the Hawkeye. Was that? that oh, was yeah. Dark Rain, right? Yeah. That was the Dark Rain. That's... I think it was just called Bullseye. Yeah, yeah. So probably around that one and uh, above the friendly neighborhood masks, which is the Spider-Man Luchador story. Like that. That's kind Where of... Was I, that? would, I would not put it below that, which is like 140. Oh, so Deadpool is your ceiling. That's the ceiling. Uh, okay. Not a hard ceiling, but definitely up around that area. Well, yeah, because, like, Nova was better than this, so I, I think I agree with that. I... Weirdly, yeah, I actually think this is in the same neighborhood as Made in the USA. Put your hands up. Ugh. <laughs> is that where the... It's Captain's America? <laughs> no, 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 that was no. America Chavez. Made in the USA is America Chavez? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Where's that Captain America stuff, then? A little higher. Um, United States of Captain America. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a lot higher. That's yeah. a lot higher. Okay, yeah. I would okay. put this below 123, which is the search for eternity. Yeah, I would even put it below Executioner's Song, no. Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think this goes below Executioner's Song. <laughs> you, you had me at the search for eternity. But, uh, also has great art. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Execution of Song, those are some of my first comics, so it is a soft spot. But my soft spot gets to be at 124. Steven's soft spot gets to be up at friggin' 9. So, okay. whatever. Where Where is Fatal Attraction? Where it should be. That's But that's kind see, of a, that's a universal. Your, your X-Men soft spots wind up low. That's what happens. Your problem is that all of your soft spots are X-Men soft spots. You need to diversify your portfolio. Yeah, diversify your soft spots. My soft, my Spider-Man soft spot is too easy. That's too easy to be like, well, you know, I also hate sunshine if I'm going to hate Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, man. I love Spider-Man. I'm still the, the person who suggested three out of our bottom five. <laughs> i want to read more bad stories i know it's gonna gonna make us cry but i want to read more bad it's stories. like eating it's like eating sriracha i like sriracha though <laughs> i get that it's like overrated and it's gonna do bad things to me but i just have the problem that sriracha to me doesn't have like a it doesn't have a flavor it just tastes like hot and that's not a, what you want to do is order some uh penang curry chicken penang curry go to a good thai place and that you can add sriracha to it all day long and it keeps like the flavor still good and it keeps getting better and mm -mm. so we're we're putting this story at 124 right yeah that's what i was doing while john would i mean i guess and curry <laughs> <laughs> sweet Ugh, okay fine it's it's ranking time or it's not ranking time we did that space time rinkin bass what shut what? up steven i'm cutting this whole, i'm cutting this whole thing <laughs> Okay, what are we reading next time? Great question. 
Yeah, me neither. I have to look it up. What secret? the heck? We were on such a Secret role. Invasion. Next time, we are reading Secret Invasion. We're not just reading Secret Invasion. 2008, am I right? Am I wrong? 2008-ish. That sounds about right yeah, to me. Yeah, it's more like 2008 issues. Hey, yo. Because it has eight issues. It's fine. <laughs> oh, dear. This didn't... <laughs> no, I hate it. Uh, I think I think the other one was Suicide the Fantastic Four Annual from 1960. Correct. It was Fantastic Four Annual number one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The From 1963, it is the Undersea Legions of Submariner. Um, getting some Namor in since Namor is on his way. Uh, the big screen near you. Namor, el submarino. See. Si. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. Because maybe that'll make him more likable as a character, um, as like you know, connecting him to I don't know, not I just he's a jerk for no reason, Namor. I don't know. That's I I feel like that's the character's appeal though. I hope he's like, is. Why do you the, like Namor? Oh, he's terrible. It's like the same reason that people watch drag queens, like like RuPaul's Drag Race, where they're just all so nasty to each other. But it's like that's why you watch. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of watching things, have y'all seen Ms. Marvel? I did finish it, and I enjoyed it. And I don't know if it's for me. And the most interesting stuff I found was the Pakistani-American uh, issues where, you know, it was it's, it's hard to immigrate to America, especially from Pakistan. And uh, that was the most interesting stuff to me. And whether that was what they wanted or not... Whatever. Um, I loved. I loved all of that, and uh, I'm on board for more. And yeah, I'm. I'm mad that like it's kind of getting getting roughed up in the by the critics. You know, apparently the actress who plays uh, Kamala Khan is is a fan, likes comics. Yep. I've only seen the first episode, but I thought critically it was pretty well loved. I thought the problem was the audience. Well, one, it had low watch numbers, and two, the stereotypical comic book fan was not a fan. Well, what do they know? Fan is dumb. Yeah, and I worry that like you know, it's easy to set up bots to drop you know hate on stuff. It is. So yeah. I, I think at least for me, the thing I take some solace in is that the reason the MCU is specifically in Phase Four has been diverse in its cast and kind of storytelling is because that's the stuff that uh Kevin Feige wanted it to do. So like, I don't feel like um like we're at risk of not having the i hope not i think these are stumbles i yeah i think for the most part i think kevin feige uh, hopefully is like uh, we're gonna take some bigger losses on these ones and like hopefully that's okay because they're still making millions (laughs) they're making billions with a b they're billions Yeah. And she's in the Marvel title crawl. Like y- you can see, yeah, like they're they're they've I think they've invested enough that this is a thing now and everyone can do. Yeah. So, I just wish her powers were more like they are in the comic. But you can't have everything. I'm just going to treat them as two separate things and that's fine. It do- everything doesn't have to be a perfect adaptation. If you're upset that the thing on screen is not as good as the book, you still have the book. That's what I'm just going to tell myself. And which is hard in this case because the book happens to be one of my favorite comics of all time. It's very good. They do make her friend more interesting. Um, the the kid, the guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's like actually a character. We talk about him on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or should we not talk about him? No, that's a different song. It's a different podcast. Bruno, the Encanto podcast. His name is Bruno. It is. That's the joke. (laughs) Man. Listen, <laughs> I don't know what the children at your house play all day, Stephen and Aldo. Mostly just Aldo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's Bluey. We watch Bluey. Bluey is so good and new episodes are coming in two weeks. Season three. Just watch it. If I'm watching tonight, I'm going to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I would invite you with no, you don't have to watch it, but you would like it because it's good. Bluey. It is a Australian cartoon show about a family of dogs, and it's wonderful. And it's one of those things that my kids want to watch, and I'm like, thank goodness, because there are so many crappy kids shows, and it's terrific. It is How such a I great spell show. It? Is it like blue, like the color blue? Blue E with a Y, and it's on Disney Plus, and it's delightful, and it's great. And there's a new episode, season three is coming finally to Disney Plus on the 15th of August. Oh, I have seen clips of this. this looks- it's... Yeah. It looks okay. Yeah, it is. It's great. Oh, this is sad. Are Attack on Titan fans review bombing Bluey on IMDb? Probably. What? Oh. Because they're all white supremacists. They can suck a lemon. (laughs) 
Bluey is one of those things where it's like, if you hate Bluey, then I question what's up your butt. Oh, the, I'm sorry. Sleepy Time, which is an episode from Bluey, is the number two rated episode of any TV show ever on IMDb. Wow. It's a very good episode. Number one is Breaking Bad episode Ozymandias. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bluey is better. <laughs> that Sleepy Time episode, that's the one in the solar system. You know the one it is, Steven? I actually haven't seen every episode of Bluey, so I don't know them <laughs> by the, the titles. I have. <laughs> I have seen every episode of Breaking Bad, and Bluey is better. That's my hot take. Bluey is better than than multi-award-winning, paradigm-shifting Breaking Bad. And uh, no meth in Bluey. Well, how do you think she got her color? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.